This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe. Earlier this week, Apple released its latest iteration of its operating system. Mark Aflalo has all the details on iOS 17.2, and he is the host of Access Tech Live. Hello, Mark. How are you doing this morning? You know what? I cannot complain. I'm excited. It's Thursday. Got a show coming up in a, just over an hour time. You know, we're, we're, getting, we're, we're all pumped up. All good, Alex. That's great to hear. So, Mark, the update originally came out November 30th, and then less than two weeks later, Apple released another update and warned all the iPhone users to update it immediately. Why was there a sense of urgency? So, I mean, listen, when it, with every iteration of an update, whether it's a 0.1 or 0.2 or whatever, there's always going to be uh, bug fixes and enhancements. In this particular update, there were over 11 vulnerabilities that were patched with the update. That's a pretty high number when it comes to these vulnerabilities. Normally, there's like two or three. So clearly what happens is every time they release an update, there are people that will look for vulnerabilities and try to exploit it, whether it's you know things like try to jailbreak the phone to get other apps and stuff on it, or just security vulnerabilities and Apple finds them and they patch them. And some are a little bit more urgent than others because it's a little bit easier to exploit. And this was one of those cases where there were a couple exploits that were a little bit easy for hackers to get into. So they wanted to urge and they did urge people and they are urging people to upgrade if you have not done so already. The rule of thumb is quite simple. If an update comes out, there's a reason for it. It's not only giving you new features and, and obviously enhancing things. It's always about bug fixes in the back end. And so what is new with the iOS 17.2? Okay, so this is an interesting one because there's a whole bunch of stuff that's new across the operating system. The big one that everybody is talking about is a journaling app. This is something that Apple announced in uh, in the summer at the Worldwide Developers Conference. The journaling app is really quite simply exactly what you'd expect. It's an app that allows you to keep track of things that you've done throughout the day, whether it's what you've eaten, who you've met with, activities, et cetera, et cetera. And the, and the reason behind this is because mental health studies have shown and have proven that journaling has incredible health benefits. It allows you to get things off your mind. It allows you to process your emotions better and really learn more about yourself. So that's pretty much the big update when it comes to this um, uh, 17.2. Across the board, there's some other fun stuff. The action button now ties into the translate feature. So if you're traveling, this is going to be a great one for you. Uh, Cameras getting some updates. There was some issues with the telephoto feature when you're zooming in, um, focusing. So that's getting fixed. Messages has a cool feature where on the top right-hand corner, there's going to be an arrow that allows you to catch up to where you might have left off. So if you're having a group conversation with a lot of people and you're not sure where where you were in the string, it can bring you to where you last read. Um, there's a new emoji feature, or in Apple, it's the Memojis, they call them, where you can create this avatar of yourself. They've now added a body shape feature. So if that's something you want to get super specific into, you can make sure that your cartoon self is more accurately described of yourself. Um, a weather app now shows precipitation, but also shows you like in the next hour when it's going to rain or snow. And overall, things like air drop um, allows you to share things like movie tickets and concert tickets and boarding passes. And finally, the big one I think that's kind of 
exciting as autofill allows you to use contacts on your device to fill out forms in PDFs or online. So really, you know, small, minute little updates across the board. But these are the updates that make updating kind of fun because it brings a new life into that operating system that we're used to. Yeah, and it seems like it's a lot of it is all about, okay, uh, daily use, daily living. As you say, even exactly. those, those little minute in, increases, the, the autofill functions, it's just like, oh, let's just make the little things that people come across day to day far easier. One that I forgot to mention, Alex, was yeah. uh, spatial video and spatial photos, which is which is really cool because it, it actually enables, I mean, spatial, I mean, it's 3D. It's basically 3D videos and 3D photos, which you're probably saying to yourself, why on earth would I need to use that? Well, this is Apple's master plan because you know, they obviously announced their Vision Pro headset back at Worldwide Developers Conference. We're expecting to see that in the U.S. sometime in the next, you know, couple months quite honestly and spatial video and spatial photos allow you to capture stuff that you will be able to view on apple's vision pro headset so that's a an interesting feature i'm not sure where that's going to go because if you think back to 3d televisions uh they're they're nowhere to be found <laughs> i mean i i have one upstairs i have never once used Do you it really for 3d content <laughs> i got it it was one that was capable uh, so it was okay. even like it wasn't a true 3d tv it was like oh maybe yeah. this is the future after all no it was not the future and now it's causing nothing but problems for me mark uh but there were also in, uh, other improvements to some of the existing content out there you know in terms of like the sensitive content warnings for messages and things like that like what other details can you provide about these bug fixes in particular yeah, I mean, uh, listen, uh, you, you talked about sensitive content warnings. This is actually a, a feature that started off a little bit controversial. They had a feature that was intended for kids who were using the phone that would actually, it would using AI, it would look through your photos or look through photos that were sent to you. And if someone sent something inappropriate, it would block them. They got some heat for that because there was some privacy concerns about AI looking at photos, even though it's a computer doing it. So they've revamped that. And now that's called sensitive content so that People who are watching, whether you're a child or not, it's going to give you a warning if it detects something in a photo. So there's not a human being that's doing it. It's just kind of saying, hey, this is not necessarily safe for work. Maybe you shouldn't be looking at this, which is a, an interesting feature uh, across the board there as well. Um, the one that really honestly excites me, and I, I mentioned it a little earlier, was being able to share things like boarding passes, movie tickets, um, et cetera, et cetera, with AirDrop. Now, AirDrop is the feature that lets you send it from iPhone to iPhone. So it, it, this is, again, it, it, it cements Apple into their ecosystem, right? If you are using an iPhone, you want to share a passive, whether it's a boarding pass with the family. I buy movie tickets for my son all the time on the Cineplex app, and I want to share the movie tickets with him. I normally take a screenshot. Now I can just airdrop it to him, and it works there. Um, in terms of the bug fixes itself, um, they don't really detail a lot of the bug fixes. <laughs> they don't want people to know what the exploits yeah. were. Um, but there there are, as I said, you know, 11 documented, but normally there are more under the hood that we don't, we don't necessarily know about. They actually have a bounty program for this kind of stuff. When a new operating system comes out they have people and they empower people they say try to break it and if you can break it and report it and document it we'll give you money for it we'll pay you for that so that's a really cool way for them to empower people to go beyond just their own employees because again you know you're limited even if you got ten thousand employees that's only ten thousand people in the billions of the, of the world if there's a great hacker out there who could find an exploit and can make ten thousand dollars off of reporting it then they're, they're incentivized to do so
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really like that airdrop feature because I don't know about you, Mark. I know you're a big concert goer, a big fan. I find like the live events now, they're no longer allowing like the QR codes, no, allow, no longer allowing these like printed off tickets. It has to be on like an Apple wallet or Google Pay or yeah. something like that, where it's like you're physically trapped to your device. And I always feel slightly uncomfortable about that, having to make sure, okay, my phone is charged, my phone is ready. There's no issues that come up with that. So having it that you're able to share it and, and airdrop it to a Another device is really handy to have uh, around. Yeah, no. So. It's, listen, I I was on a I was on a vacation once, and I my phone got wet, and it was it was I had to get a replacement, and I had a movie ticket on there to go see a Marvel movie, and I was all freaking out, but thankfully I was able to restore it, and it was in the cloud. So yeah, no, I could totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. So with these updates, are they available on all Apple and uh, uh, devices, or are there only specific models and generations that uh, can uh, have this update applied to them? So any phone that is capable of uh, having iOS 17, I believe that goes back to the 10R. Um, I, I'll confirm that and I'll let you know, but I, it goes back to 10R. So as long as you can have iOS 17, you'll be able to get these updates. The interesting thing is a lot of these updates um, and even future updates they're working on are, are more and more backwards compatible to further devices. They're really trying not to, uh, you know, force people to get new devices or really trying to make people feel, feel singled out. So uh, if you got an iPhone that's, you know, fairly new in the past seven years, you're pretty safe. Good to hear. Mark, uh, before I let you go, you talked about Access Tech Live. So you got to tease what's coming up on today's show. Oh, a very cool show. Uh, Grant Hardy is going to be joining us as well as a gentleman by the name of Matthew Schifrin, who creates incredible instructions for building Lego for people with low vision. Plus, we're going to be talking to Grant about some cool stories, including the TransLink Braille stuff that are going on on the West Coast and, 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 and lots of fun stuff around Lego this week. Uh, awesome. Mark, sounds like a great show. Thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks, Alex. You too. That was Mark Aflalo. He's the co-host of Access Tech Live, which can be seen at noon Eastern time Thursdays on AMI-tv. That's an hour after this show wraps up today. He was in Montreal. And so, you know what else is coming up on the AMI Airways? It's this weekend, it's the Pulse. And on the, this upcoming episode, Host Juwita Gupta chats with Ashley Namath about her journey as a blind parent raising three children. That's The Pulse, which airs weekends at 2 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio. And you can also find the podcast on all major podcasting platforms like YouTube. Coming up after the break, a Mountie is currently on trial in the Saskatchewan area for the murder of his partner. Journalist John Lepke gives you more on that story. But first, here is the Parasport update with Greg Westlake. Hello, welcome back to the Parasport update produced in collaboration with the Canadian Paralympic Committee. I'm Greg Westlake. Priscilla Gagne returned to Tokyo last week to win the silver medal at the Parajudo Grand Prix. Gagne, who also placed second at the 2020 Paralympics, lost to arch-rival Liana Mutia of the U.S. in the final. Back home at the 2023 Para Ice Hockey Cup in Quispamsis, New Brunswick, Team Canada finished round-robin play with a record of 2-1. In the medal round, they shut out China 6-0, setting up the gold medal match against the U.S. Unfortunately, the Americans scored two early goals on their way to a 3-0 win over Canada. Staying on the ice, where Canada's wheelchair curling world championships roster has been announced. 
Seven Canadians will wear the maple leaf in Gangneung, South Korea, including four-time Paralympic medalist Ina Forrest and three-time Paralympic medalist Mark Addison. John Thurston, Gilbert Dash, and Chrissy Molnar round out the squad. Team play goes from March 2nd to the 9th. The mixed doubles tournament then picks up from March 10th to the 16th. Canada will be represented by the reigning bronze medalists from the 2023 World Championships, Kalinda Joseph and Dennis Thiessen. And that's our time for this edition of the Parasport Update, presented by AMI-audio. Check back next week for more news from the world of adaptive sports. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.